Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey, hey, hey there, Impact Makers. I'm so happy you're here with me today for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast. I'm Jennifer McClure, a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and business strategist, and my purpose in life is to equip and encourage you to build a career that you love and to live a life that matters. I am really excited to share with you today about something near and dear to my heart. It's kind of like my baby. And just like babies, sometimes it's a joy and other times it can be challenging. But no matter what happens, we'll always be part of each other's lives and I'll always love it. Well, what exactly is it? It is Disrupt HR. Many of you may already be familiar with Disrupt HR, and that may be how we've actually connected somewhere along the way. But I'm sure there are some of you who've never heard of it, or even if you have, you haven't been interested in learning more about it. And you know what? That's okay, too. (laughs) Whether you're a huge fan of Disrupt HR or not, I think you'll get some great takeaways from this episode. I'm going to share not only how Disrupt HR has grown from an idea shared over lunch to a global community that has helped people around the world to get their ideas heard, to challenge themselves to grow, and to connect with other like-minded people who can help them in their careers. I'm also going to share what I've learned about starting and growing a movement or a community of like-minded people without losing my mind. At least, not yet. So while you're pulling up a chair and grabbing a cup of your favorite beverage or settling in for your drive or your run on the treadmill, I'd like to thank King University, whose support makes this podcast possible. King is proud to offer 16 online degrees with accelerated programs and affordable tuition so you can start a new career faster than ever. You can choose from programs in technology, communication, and business, like an online MBA with six concentrations, including human resource management. And because the program is offered fully online, you can earn your degree on your own schedule in as little as 16 months. Visit jennifermcclure.net forward slash King U, that's K-I-N-G, the letter U, to learn more about the King difference today. If you know anything about me, you've probably learned that I'm an assessment junkie. I have never met an assessment that I didn't want to take, and usually the good ones nail me and my behaviors or tendencies pretty well. Depending on what the focus is of the assessment, I'm always, and I mean always, going to show as a high in whatever D word is associated with behavioral results. Words like direct, driven, dominant, decisive, doer, etc. tend to show up and not always in positive ways. <laughs> I am always a work in progress in terms of processes and consensus building. And if the assessment is measuring strengths, mine will typically fall into areas related to execution and results, while I'm typically not strong in terms of long-term strategic thinking or setting vision. I'm pretty much a give me a goal and I'll build the army to take the hill kind of girl. And that's not a bad thing and not always a good thing. So nobody is more surprised than me that I'm the CEO or chief excitement officer of an organization called Disrupt HR, which was founded on the belief that how we've approached people and talent in the past won't be the best way to approach them in the future, and whose purpose is to encourage business leaders, not just HR leaders, to take risks, to stir the pot, and to basically disrupt in order to succeed. In other words, 
I would not have been voted the most likely to disrupt in high school or in any workplace I've been a part of. And while I certainly come up with my share of creative ideas that have helped me to achieve some level of success, I didn't set out to create a global movement of disruptors. Yesterday, a friend, who you'll hear more about in a minute, shared a Facebook memory on her timeline. It was a picture of the very first Disrupt HR event held in my city, Cincinnati, Ohio, on December 3rd, 2013. And she reminded me that it was the sixth anniversary of the start date for Disrupt HR. You know, like a bad spouse or partner, I'd forgotten their anniversary and had not prepared appropriately to celebrate. The Internet tells me that the traditional gift for a six-year anniversary in the U.S. is iron, and in the U.K., it's candy. So I decided to be British for a day and celebrated appropriately with a lint dark chocolate truffle, my favorite. But how did we get here? How was Disrupt HR born six years ago? And what can you learn from our humble beginnings? Well, let me take you back to 2012. In 2012, I was still new to running my own business as a speaker and business coach. If you've listened to previous episodes of this podcast, you've heard me share about how I learned the importance of networking and having found so many helpful people in my networking journey. I've also found a few people I've been able to help. In 2012, I met someone at a local HR association meeting that turned out to be both, someone who could help me and also someone I could help. Chris Ostich was at the Greater Cincinnati HR Association meeting because he'd founded an HR technology company focused on employee engagement and embeddedness a few years earlier. And the customers for his product were HR leaders. Not only was he interested in building relationships with potential customers, he was also interested in learning more about them and their needs, since he didn't come from an HR background. Like many entrepreneurs, he created his company and their products to solve some of the problems he's experienced as an employee in previous organizations. And that's what great entrepreneurs do. They create solutions to solve their own problems, which are also other people's problems. So Chris and I met at one of those meetings and struck up a conversation. He wasn't salesy. I wasn't selling anything. We just got to know each other. And I was interested in his ideas and his product and impressed with the young person who had a vision to solve a big challenge in organizations. And even though the product was relatively new, he'd already gotten some large and well-known companies and organizations as clients, which told me that he was on to something. During our conversation, he asked if I'd be willing to be an advisor to him and his company due to my background as an HR practitioner and as someone who was speaking at conferences and events and familiar with what was happening in the HR tech industry. We agreed to meet at least a couple of times a year to catch up and share ideas and for him to ask questions. So fast forward to 2013. We'd already met a couple of times and had lunch and shared ideas. And I always say that Chris is one of my favorite kind of people to be around because he listens to what you're saying and everything you say is potentially a million dollar idea. He just thinks that way. Everything can be changed into something that can change the world. So I love to meet with somebody like that. Who doesn't? But this particular lunch, we had kind of chatted over lunch and he was sharing a little bit about what his company was up to and where they were headed next and some cool things that were on the horizon. And he asked me what I was thinking about these days. So again, not typically a question that I get asked. He's like, what's new with you? What are you thinking about for the future? And I just kind of had on the top of my head at the time, I had been speaking already at a lot of conferences and events, in particular, a lot of HR recruiting conferences and events, and very blessed to be doing so almost three years into my journey as a professional speaker. 
But I noticed that as a person who might speak or attend 40 or 50 conferences a year, I was seeing a lot of the same people on the stages at those events speaking about a lot of the same topics, of course, myself included, but you should always choose me. (laughs) And there's not anything wrong with that. And I know that the average person doesn't attend 40 or 50 conferences a year, but it had just kind of popped into my head that wouldn't it be cool if someday I could hold an event in Cincinnati, my town, and bring together maybe some different people, people that weren't typically on those stages at conferences and events to talk about topics that weren't some of the traditional topics like compliance or legal issues or all the things that you typically hear at HR and recruiting conferences and events. And so I just kind of threw that out there. I'd done nothing to make this happen, just had thought that would be something fun and maybe someday I'd be able to pull it together with the context that I'd made or some of the interesting ideas that I heard. So again, as I mentioned earlier, Chris is a person who he immediately pulled out his notebook and he started writing out ideas. He's like, this sounds really exciting. I'd love to be a part of this. And I'm like, absolutely. You'd be one of those people that could share at this event and help people to see things differently. I've really learned a lot from you. And so we just continued that conversation. He got really excited about the idea. And he's like, Jennifer, you you need to make this happen. We need to make this happen. And I'd love for me and my company to be a part of it because that would be a way for us, again, to connect with our customers and to associate with some of the interesting and cool things that we're doing in my company. So we left that lunch meeting. I left energized because it's great to have somebody tell you that your ideas are good. And Chris went back to his company and actually continued to think about the idea. So if you ever look at whether it's Chris's profile or my profile or our website at disrupthr.co, Chris is the founder of Disrupt HR because Chris actually took the idea and made it happen. So it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to actually make the idea happen. And so he will always get credit for being the person who is the founder of Disrupt HR. So he reached out to me after, you know, maybe it was a couple of weeks or something, and he had been talking about it with his team. And at the time, Chris was the community organizer for Ignite events in Cincinnati, which if you're not familiar with Ignite, you can go to ignitetalks.io. I believe it is. I'll link to it in the show notes. And Ignite is kind of like Ted or Ted Light, maybe, if you're familiar with TED Talks. They are typically held in communities around the world, organized by volunteers, and people come and give five-minute talks with 20 slides that automatically advance every 15 seconds. And their talks are usually about some community issue or something that those people are passionate about. So Chris had been organizing those events as a volunteer in Cincinnati for a couple of years, I believe, at the time. So his wheels had been turning on the idea of having an event with people who were talking about something new. And he thought about how Ignite talks were structured and what those events were like. So when he reached back out to me, he said, why don't we actually do this? Why don't we use the Ignite format? We'll invite some cool people from Cincinnati who are not all in HR and recruiting and have them talk about a topic that they're passionate about that's new and innovative around the workplace and the future of work. 
So, of course, I'm all in on this because someone's actually making the idea come to life. And so we did start planning that event. I say we actually, Chris's team at his company did the legwork with making sure that, you know, we had sponsors for the event. They chose a cool location, which was a historic brewery in downtown Cincinnati that had been refurbished and remodeled and was a really cool place with you know, lots of beer on tap and ping pong tables and cornhole and picnic tables that people could sit around. And so we scheduled our first event for December 3rd, 2013. And again, because Chris is well connected in kind of the startup and entrepreneur community, as well as he has some large clients or large company clients in the space, we were able to get speakers from, you know, Procter & Gamble from some other startups in our community. We had a local politician was one of our speakers. I spoke at the first event, Chris spoke at the first event, and we invited Steve Brown to speak at our first event as well. And the reason Steve was there, and he's also a co-organizer of the Cincinnati events, is because you can't have an event about HR in Cincinnati without inviting Mr. HR, Steve Brown. And if you don't know Steve Brown, you can always go back to episode three of the Impact Makers podcast, where Steve was one of my first interviews on the podcast and definitely someone you should know more about. So Steve, Chris, and myself kind of worked to bring people and to get excited about this event. And at that first event, I believe we had around 275 people show up for this new thing that no one had heard of called Disrupt HR. We had speakers give talks about managing your time. Chris gave a talk about big data. I gave a talk about awesomeness. My friend Laurie Rudeman, who was my first guest on the Impact Makers podcast for episode two, the first interview. So if you want to learn more about Laurie, Laurie gave a talk about why not you? You know, why are people looking to celebrities or influencers for ideas and what's new and what's next in HR and recruiting and and basically the world of work? Why not you? So so a lot of those talks at that first event were new and different for what is was traditionally being heard on a conference stage. And I'll actually link to the talks from Disrupt HR Cincinnati 1.0. So if you want to go back and see some of the very first talks that were given, or actually the first talks that were given at a Disrupt HR event way back in 2013, you can have a look at those. I think there are 10 or 12 of them there. And people loved it. They had a great time. The energy was great. It was a lot of fun. And immediately, both during the event and after the event, people were saying, you guys need to do this again. And I think originally Chris had thought we'd do it every month. And then after putting on an event, we were like, eh, maybe, maybe twice a year might be good. So we started thinking about having another Cincinnati Disrupt HR event. But what's really important, and I actually, kind of a little side note here, I was asked by the Disrupt HR Chicago crew to come and speak at their event this past April, at April 2019, which was their seventh event in Chicago. And their theme that they had for their talks, and so at Disrupt HR events, you can have a theme, you don't have to, but they decided to have a theme around the word power. And they actually assigned me a topic, I think because I probably didn't print pitch one to them. They just asked me to speak and then asked me to speak on the power of starting a movement. And so as part of kind of preparing that talk, I had to think about, you know, 
certainly there was meeting with Chris and the idea and him taking it and actually making it happen, but then thinking about how it really began to grow from there. And so in that Disrupt HR Chicago talk called The Power of Creating a Movement, I'll link to that in the show notes. It's a video of me speaking at that event, just a five-minute talk, 20 slides, 15 seconds. I kind of referenced a video, which if you haven't seen it before, you can just Google Dancing Guy uh, video, and that will probably come up, or First Follower, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a very, very grainy video that I had come across through Seth Godin in a blog post he had written about the importance of the First Follower. But there's actually been a TED Talk and some more written about that grainy kind of amateur video that was taken at the Sasquatch Festival in 2009 of a drunk guy standing on a hill listening to the band or the music, and he just starts dancing, and it's kind of awkward, kind of like the Elaine dance from Seinfeld, maybe. <laughs> and he's having a great time. He, Well, I say he's drunk. It appears that he's had a few festive beverages, and he is having a great time out in the middle of this field by himself, kind of dancing and just living his life. And so what happens in this grainy video is another guy comes up and he starts dancing with him. Same kind of awkward dancing. Both of them probably have had some some beverages of a festive type, and they are having a great time. And so what Seth Godin and Derek Sivers, who's the other person who's written about it and also given a TED Talk called The First Follower, again, follow, look in the show notes, you can see those. They talk about the importance of that first follower. So the first follower, I say, is Chris. So I'm the dancing guy probably awkward, even more awkward than the guy on the hill. And Chris comes up and he starts dancing with me. And what Derek Sivers said is that the first person is the lone nut. And the lone nut is just having a great time or just living their life. It's actually the first follower who comes along and makes it a thing. The quote that Derek Sivers had that I shared in my Disrupt HR Chicago talk is, the first follower transforms the lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the first or the flint, then the first follower is the spark that sets the fire. And I think that kind of perfectly describes how Disrupt HR started. My idea was the flint, but Chris actually was the spark that created the fire. So the importance of that first follower, if you have an idea, I think that's what both Seth and Derek were, were writing and sharing about a few years ago. And what I shared in my Disrupt HR Chicago talk about creating a movement, if you have an idea, maybe people think you're crazy. Maybe it's something that no one's ever done, or maybe you don't know if it's the right thing to do. It's probably not going to actually turn into something until you can convince at least one person to kind of join you in the mayhem. Until someone else believes in your idea, until they get excited about it too, and maybe they take it and they help you make it a thing, or maybe they just partner with you. But that first follower is really critical to making your idea or your movement become a thing. So back to our event in Cincinnati, December 2013. So we had Chris and I there, the two lone nuts who were dancing on the hillside. And then came along the second follower. 
Yes, there were 275 people at that first event in Cincinnati who all had a great time, but one of those 275 people was my friend Mary Faulkner, who I mentioned earlier as the person who shared the Facebook memory from six years ago. My friend Mary and I had worked together at a client company of mine in Denver, Colorado, uh, starting, I think, in 2012, so for a couple of years, 2012, 2013. And Mary had also started speaking. She was a director of talent management at that company at the time. And she had started speaking at conferences and events and as well about HR, talent management, recruiting topics. And she'd been invited to speak at an event in Indianapolis, Indiana, which is about an hour and 45 minute drive from Cincinnati. She was speaking on December 4th in Indianapolis. And so, of course, was flying in on the 3rd. And when I found that out, I said, wow, Cincinnati's practically next door to Indianapolis. You must come over. You must get in your little rental car, drive an hour and a half one way and an hour and a half back to come to our Disrupt HR event. And thankfully, she agreed to do so. So Mary was in the audience that first night, had a great time, enjoyed herself. And after the event, she asked Chris and I if this would be something that we would be interested in helping her to do in Denver you know, in her community, in her town, holding a similar event, using the same format, kind of having the same approach of allowing people from the community to share ideas and to get their messages heard. So Chris and his team helped Mary to put on the first Disrupt HR Denver event in 2014. So Denver was our first community. And again, Mary's the second follower. So kind of going back to that dancing guy video, we haven't left that. If Chris is the first follower, Mary's the second follower. And Derek Sivers, again, I think it's a great quote. The second follower is a turning point. It's proof that the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and a crowd is news. So without us even thinking about it, now Disrupt HR was actually becoming a thing. Not only were we planning our second event in Cincinnati, but now we had another community led by another leader in another state across the country. After Disrupt HR Denver, I believe the videos for the Cincinnati event and the Disrupt HR event were put up on the website. So Chris and his team had created the website disrupthr.co and shared the videos from those two events out on the web. And of course, I'm sure I shared them and maybe Mary and, and people at their events shared the videos as well. And a friend in my network in Toronto reached out to me and said, this Disrupt HR thing looks pretty cool. Meanwhile, someone in Vancouver reached out to Chris and said, this Disrupt HR thing looks pretty cool. Would you mind if we do it in Toronto? Would you mind if we do it in Vancouver? And then a person from New York City reached out to Chris and asked the same thing. So pretty quickly, once we started sharing the videos, people in our network started reaching out to us and asking if we'd be willing to help them to do the same thing in their city. And after about a year and a half, say mid-2015, I think we had 12 or 14 cities in the U.S. and Canada that were holding Disrupt HR events. We'd held a couple of events in Cincinnati. District Denver was already on their second event. Vancouver was going really strong. New York City was going strong. Toronto was going strong. And we'd added some other cities in the U.S. and Canada. So Chris and I, we actually live in the same city, but we don't see each other that often. And now he's moved on from that first company that he started, and he's co-founded another successful company called Listener, L-I-S-N-R. I'll link to them in the show notes. It's super cool. Not in the HR recruiting space. But these guys are changing the world. So, again, 
entrepreneurs. You know how those guys are. And Chris is a classic entrepreneur. So it'd be cool to follow what he's doing. So again, you can check that in the show notes. So Chris was moving on to Listener at that time, mid-2015. And we kind of connected and said, hey, it looks like this Disrupt HR thing, which we were just kind of running as volunteers on the side, is actually a thing. And maybe we should open it up and help other people discover Disrupt HR and bring it to their community. So we actually decided to form a partnership for the first, again, year and a half, two years or so. It was just something that, you know, we did and helped other people with. And in 2015, July 2015, we formed Disrupt HR LLC. Not thinking of it as a business, that might have been a mistake, I don't know. But really, again, just trying to formalize it. We were both putting our own money into the business at the time, or the, it's, again, it's not really a business. We were both funding the website and the video hosting and those types of things with our own money. And we thought, well, maybe if we kind of form this into a business, we'll start collecting a license fee, which we had not done for the cities that we had helped thus far, to get at least a little bit of money to start paying for the cost of running the website and organizing the events. So in 2015, we actually built out the website. We had a web developer that we began to actually pay money to. So we got a little bit more of his time and attention. Started again sharing the videos more on social media and getting the word out. And Fast forward now again to six years later and Disrupt HR, I haven't counted up the numbers through the end of November yet, but through the end of October, we have 154 licensed cities in 34 countries, over 390 plus volunteers around the world who are license holders and event organizers in their communities in those countries. There have been over 400 events held, and there are over 4,500 of the five-minute Disrupt HR Talk videos out there online. And you can access all of those at our website at disrupthr.co on the watch page on the website or on our Vimeo channel or being shared on a daily basis around the world. So, it's turned out to be something that neither one of us, I think, expected. We had an idea. Chris made it happen. We got people involved who really enjoyed themselves. And ultimately, Disrupt HR has never been about Jennifer. It's never been about Chris. It's been about the people who have an opportunity to either share their idea that are never going to get invited to speak on a conference stage, or maybe they don't even want to speak on a conference stage, but they'll give a fun format a try and share their idea on a Disrupt HR stage somewhere in the world. So it's been really cool for us to kind of see how it's grown, to see whether it's on social media posts or to have people reach out to myself or to Chris to share kind of what Disrupt HR has meant to them. I know for a fact there have been people who have started their own business as a result of either what they shared from a Disrupt HR stage or something that they've heard that inspired or sparked an idea within them from a Disrupt HR stage. There have been many, many people who've connected with other people and then gone on to create things together. A lot of our organizers who maybe have stepped out into doing things 
because of the platform they've been able to build in the community they've built because of Disrupt HR. And I love seeing whether it's tweets or LinkedIn messages, and, and they happen every day. Of course, I follow all the Disrupt HR communities and the hashtags online, and I see people share regularly about what it's meant to them to, whether it's challenging themselves to give a talk for the first time or the opportunity to share their idea and have other people kind of grab on to that or just to find a community of like-minded people. So what have I learned? And again, I shared more of this in that five-minute video on the Chicago stage. I think, you know, the things that I took away or I've taken away thus far and Disrupt HR is still a volunteer movement. I still volunteer my time with Disrupt HR. I'm the CEO and chief excitement officer, but that job does not pay very well. We only charge a $500 license fee. We have a part-time VA that works five hours a week with us doing some data entry. Everything else is kind of done when I can get time on the weekends and in the evenings. And that is not going to be sustainable forever. But so far, I really feel like I'm helping other people to get their messages heard and to meet and connect with other people. And that means a lot to me. But what have I learned and maybe what can you learn from whether it's Disrupt HR or another movement or thing out there that you're going to start? And I believe everybody has the potential and opportunity to start a movement and to get people engaged. I think the takeaways for me are First, what is a problem or an opportunity that you see out there? The problem and opportunity that I saw was that there were people out there that had something to say that it was either too difficult or not easy for them to be able to get on stage to share their idea, or maybe it was too intimidating. And then offer a better way or a different way. Doesn't even have to be a better way. It can just be a different way. We didn't do anything fancy. We just invited people to a brewery, gave them a free beer and said, sit here and listen to these five minute talks. And that turned into be something that people and, and we didn't know that, you know, with attention spans and technology that that people were actually going to like more bite-sized learning, but that was something we offered and it actually kind of fell into the way people were learning. I think the biggest takeaway for me and for you is just to do it, just to start. Would Disrupt HR have ever happened if Chris had not been someone that I met um, who took the idea and made it happen? I don't know. I'd like to think that eventually I would have started something. I don't think it would have been as cool though just to kind of tell on myself, <laughs> it probably because I was only familiar with the current conference or, or business meeting model, I probably would have been some version of that. But Chris brought in a different perspective and he was willing to just start. So that's a couple of things there. Just start. And I think surrounding yourself with people who don't think like you, who are wired a bit differently, who maybe have some yin to your yang, that's always going to be a better way, I think, to help your idea grow and, again, to get that flame really burning. And then once you do it, hopefully you'll attract some people to your thing that are your people. That's your community. Then how can you enroll them in this and get them involved and make it about them? And again, as I said, Disrupt HR is not about myself or about Chris. It's about the people who are the disruptors around the world who either are participating in events or who watch or share the videos. 
And eventually, I think you have to turn the movement over to the community. We have very few rules and very little structure with Disrupt HR. If you raise your hand and you want to bring Disrupt HR to your town or your community, as long as it doesn't fall within a current license radius, which is 60 miles or 95 kilometers of an existing city, then I'll talk to you about what's involved with bringing Disrupt HR to your town. If you're ready to sign up and make that happen, then we have a very simple license agreement, a $500 annual licensing fee, and as long as you hold at least one event per year in your community, you can bring something like this to your town. But this is not a pitch for Disrupt HR. I'm saying that because I want you to understand that it's about what other people are doing with it. Yeah, we have some core tenets. You have to have five-minute talks with 20 slides that automatically advance every 15 seconds. There can be no pitching or selling in a talk. So these are not pitch fest. We want people to share an idea. But other than that, while the events are similar around the world, the events in Cincinnati, Ohio are going to be a little bit different flavor than the events in Kiev, Ukraine, or the events in Singapore, or the events in Brisbane, Australia. Everyone's going to bring their community, what's important to the people in their community, and hopefully some new voices and new ideas are going to be heard because people are providing that platform. So once you share your idea with the world, if it's taken fire, I think there's an opportunity again for you to kind of fan those flames and to help it go. One of the things that I shared, again, I've quoted Derek Sivers, I mentioned Seth Godin, but I'll quote myself. You know, it's always cool to quote yourself. What I shared in the five-minute Disrupt HR Chicago video on starting a movement, if you truly want to change the world, you're going to have to invite others, and you'll ultimately have to give up control. And for me, as someone who tends to like to control things, it has been a learning and a growth opportunity that I can't really control everything about Disrupt HR, and I shouldn't because it's part of what makes it what it is, is allowing people to get excited about it in their own way. So if there's something out there that bothers you, if there's something that you're excited about, if there's something that you're passionate about, then you too have an opportunity to create a movement. All you need to get is your first follower Somebody who also sees your idea can get excited about it and maybe they take it in a slightly different direction or add to your idea in some way. But you need that first follower and then the two of you can start dancing. And once you start dancing, hopefully you'll attract more people. And once you get that third follower, now you've got a crowd and it's a thing. So that's the story of kind of Disrupt HR. I think, you know, obviously there's a lot more to it. There are a lot of people that love it. There are probably a few people that don't love it. But I'm really proud six years later that we've created something that still, I kind of disassociate myself from it in a way. We've created something that we have put out there into the world. The world has taken it and it's at least for the foreseeable future, just continuing to grow. I think both Chris and I are realistic that it may not always be a thing, and it certainly may not always be a thing in its current form, but we're doing everything we can to help it continue to grow and to allow people to get involved. We also, five, six years in, we've actually sat down last year for the first time and kind of said, whoa, this thing got away from us. <laughs> we've just been helping people do this. Maybe we should actually think about ways that we can grow it and amplify the messages, the really good talks and the great ideas that have been shared. And that's probably going to mean paying some people 
well, probably not myself or maybe maybe myself, but hiring some people to be a part of the organization that can help with the data entry and the uploading the videos and sharing the great videos on social media and asking or answering questions for people who want to know more about Disrupt HR. There's lots of things we could do if we had more people engaged with helping us to do that. And so we're in the process of figuring out what the next phase of Disrupt HR looks like. We don't expect it to change from what we met last year. And again, it was really great that we we still agree on what the purpose is of Disrupt HR. And I think we kind of said, you know, we, we stole the format from Ignite, the five minute, 20 slide, 15 second format. So why not steal from Ted as well? If Ted is ideas worth sharing, then to us, Disrupt HR is ideas worth sharing about the future of work. And so that's what we believe it was when we started. That's what we still believe it is today. And whatever we do with Disrupt HR in the future, we're going to try to maintain that vision and that purpose. But we do want to see if we can find some ways to amplify the message, get more people involved and provide more opportunities for people to get their ideas heard. So stay tuned. We have a couple of cool things coming down the pike for Disrupt HR that are even more cool on top of the cool that we already have. And I think that if you're a fan of Disrupt HR, you'll be excited about those opportunities and potentially more ways for you to get involved. And I hope that if you haven't found a great Disrupt HR talk that is your favorite yet, that you'll dive into that watch page on our website, search for some topics that are of interest to you. Ask some people what their favorite Disrupt HR talks are. And then when you find a great talk, share it with the world, because that's what it's all about. So my purpose in sharing this with you was, number one, to celebrate the sixth anniversary of Disrupt HR. Number two, to share a little bit of the origin story that I get asked to share a lot. To number three, I want you to, who's your Chris? Who's your person that maybe you can meet with that encourages you, helps you to think differently, that can maybe help you take some of your ideas, whether it's in your workplace or your personal life, and Think about how you could grow those. And then who's the Mary that you need to have in your life that's going to help you turn your idea into a movement? It really is about putting your ideas out there in the world. I believe each and every one of you have something in you that can make the world a better place. Remember, entrepreneurs start companies because they typically have problems that they want to solve and they come up with a solution. You have problems in your workplace, in your career, in your life, and in your community that need solving. And you probably have some ideas about how to do that. So I just want to encourage you to go out there, find your place where you can start dancing, see if you can get somebody to dance with you, and then bring on more people. So thanks for listening to the story about Disrupt HR. I hope that's encouraged you or inspired you in some way. If it has, again, as always, I always encourage you to do this, and I love the people who are sharing with me. Share out there online somewhere a takeaway from this podcast. Share your favorite Disrupt HR talk. Share what Disrupt HR has meant to you if you've been involved. Or ask me a question. Just share it with the hashtag Impact Makers Podcast. I'll find you. I'll reshare it. I will like it, love it, whatever platform it's on. And if you have a question, I'll hopefully answer it for you in the future, either on this podcast or in some other way. So thanks being, for being a part of my community. And I hope that you will go out and change the world with your own ideas in some way really soon. 2020 is coming up. That'd be a great time to start if you haven't already. Have a great day. 
It's time for you to get noticed, create change, and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 